The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Aww. Look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is James from Cave Dweller Music. I am here with my co-host Brendan, and today we are joined by Little Wolf of the Project Isatai. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time. Awesome. How are you guys doing? No, yeah. So yeah, my name is uh, Little Wolf, also known as Isatai, which is the name of the project. And thank you for having me. Honestly, I'm really stoked to be on the show. Of course, anytime. Um, for anyone who doesn't sort of know your music or, or know what you're about, do you want to just tell us a little bit about the project and, and what it is and what type of stuff you play? Yeah, of course. Uh, so Isatai was a project started, I believe, back in 2021. Uh, it was always a one-man, but it was kind of during the uh, the quarantine when the whole COVID trip hit. And I we, I wasn't playing any shows. Um, there was no kind of musical outlet for me. So I was like, you know what, I just took it to my own hands to start this project and just keep releasing music because as a creative person you just need to keep releasing and since then it's just been non-stop just putting out albums and you know just trying to just trying to get the name out there trying to get it uh, known out there and for people to you know recognize it and just you know start supporting basically and um uh, it was just a way for me to also to uh you know get get deeper with my culture and involve my culture with my music and that way people, you know, could see that it wasn't just your, you know, ordinary black metal band coming out. It had more meaning than just the music. It was a, more about, like, the, the message and, you know, basically reaching down within yourself and, you know, getting pride of your heritage, basically. <clears throat> That's awesome. Um, what kind of uh, inspired the, the project? Like, how, how did you kind of come to the idea that you wanted to do something like this to, to focus on the culture? Uh, so basically for me, uh, the main inspiration was, so I love, I've always had a passion for black men, like almost my whole life. It's awesome. And, you know, after that, I decided, cause I've been in black metal bands all my life and I wanted to make this one different, make it more, you know, connected to me make it more personal. So as well as music culture has always been in my life as well you know being raised uh through native american you know my, my dad my uncle would always you know take us to powwows and you know really educate us on our culture and you know i just felt like i really needed to do more with this project other than just making another black metal band i wanted to connect this more with me and my life and all the things that make me who i am and so that would just be black metal and my culture that's awesome and um what is the meaning behind the, the project name? So Isatai is actually Comanche for Little Wolf. And oh, okay. He yeah, so he was, a, he was a chief. And I guess my dad, you know, at, at birth, I was his firstborn. So he was like, you know, he really wanted to carry on the indigenous uh, mindset. And he decided to give me the name Little Wolf. So I was like, you know, what better name to give my, my one-man project than my name, but translated in Comanche. That's cool. Is um is Kalanchi the tribe that your your uh, heritage is part of? Oh, uh, that's correct. Yes. Uh, so it's the Benateca Comanche. Benateca is the clan okay. uh, that's associated to the Comanche people, and uh, their region was was Texas, El Paso, Texas. Uh, okay. Yeah. So a lot of my family's from out there. So you know, that was the tribe that was I always grew up with, um, representing, and my dad. Uh, always threw that name out there a lot. He has like the Comanche flag everywhere. So he made it pretty known who we were. <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, yeah. I love the fact that he actually like uh, raised you in that, that uh, mindset of being part of your identity and actually embracing it and being proud of that. I love that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. It was big for us. Um, we always, my dad always made it a point to uh, make us proud of who we were and, you know, really understand who you are and carry your culture with you no matter what you decided to do in your life it was always a, an important thing for us so how long have you been um based in life or have you been here for a while or oh what was that question i'm sorry uh, how long have you been based in uh los angeles oh all my life uh california okay. was since i was born yeah i was born and raised in california nice 
Um, so I'm going to bring up the split that you just did because obviously that's the most recent thing uh, that you put out and I, I did PR on that. So I, I definitely want to talk about it. Um, it was with the Florida Black Metal Band. Uh, again, I apologize if this is pronounced incorrectly, but Sven uh, uh, Um How did you guys meet? Like, how did that happen? How did you come to collaborate? <clears throat> so what happened was, I guess he, he him, Noah... I believe his name was Noah and his partner from Terminus uh, both uh, did a review on my, my second full length by the name of Invoking in Darkness. And I guess, I don't know, I guess they were really, they're really big fans of it. And Noah reached out to me saying that he had a black metal band himself. And he was like, he was really interested in doing a split with me. And I mean, me, I'm always open to working with different black metal projects because, you know, everybody, every black metal project out there has something new to bring to the table. So I was really happy when he told me, and I was like, you know, I was, I told him right away, I was like, yes, do it. Awesome. Um, it's kind of interesting because you guys have such different styles of black metal, but at the same yeah. time, it, it also like it does work together. Um, you kind of do complement each other in a in a like a less obvious way. So I mean, <laughs> obviously they have like the uh, more melodic side of things, uh, really riff heavy. Um, but and and yours is like very much more raw black metal, um, like no frills, straight to the point. Um, yeah, but it works. Like honestly, like the the two halves of the split really balance each other out well. No, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, their style is, is really different from ours, but mm -hmm. um, definitely, I believe splits should always be like that. I don't think both. I don't think bands on splits together should always sound alike because I feel like. If that's the case, then might as well not release a split and just have one band do a full album. So right. with these guys, it was cool because you know you get you get that style, and then you get my primitive raw style. So if you right. get that, you kind of get the best of, of both worlds in black metal. And me, I've always tried to carry the raw black metal sound because you know I grew up with bands like you know Bathory, Venom, Celtic Frost, you know stuff like that, and. Nice. I was always like, you know, I, I really admire the, the rawness and the purity of it. And that's the same thing I wanted to carry on through my music. I didn't want to get too produced. I didn't want to do, you know, too much, too much drum work, just nothing fancy. It was just really just yeah. raw, straight to the point, black metal. And I feel like that's the stuff that, you know, hits my soul. And I know right. there's a lot of raw black metal heads that will relate to that as well. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> that, that first wave stuff is like... It's untouchable <laughs> something special yeah. oh yeah nothing compares to that for sure <laughs> brandon and i got super lucky actually and we saw um uh hellhammer they actually did a show oh, at, wow. at, at mdf last year um where they yeah, performed awesome. like, yeah it was awesome man they did they, so Crypticon was playing as one of the headlining bands and they also like well while we're here we might as well do like a hellhammer thing so they, they did a full-on like hour of or 45 minutes hour of Hellhammer, which was like, that was like bucketless stuff. Like, <laughs> no, legit. Like, I'm so, I'm so jealous. That's awesome because Hellhammer is one of my favorite bands. I actually have the Hellhammer logo tattooed on my left forearm. The way really? I put that's like, awesome. what was it? Uh, Only Death is Real on the bottom. I was just, yeah, yeah, dude, that's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah I've, uh, I've got a Hellhammer shirt that says that on the back, actually. The uh, yeah. Only Death yeah, is yeah. Real thing. <laughs> that's so sick. Oh, yeah um yeah apocalyptic rays man that is like something else man. That album absolutely rules no, it's, it's, un it's untouchable it's untouchable it there's no way anything comes close legit like yeah you could try yeah. and make it sound so dirty and grimy but you won't you won't touch tom warrior's vocals with his riffs it's just 100 percent, 100 dude i uh he's my favorite vocalist he's, he's like my all-time favorite vocalist like just yeah from the, the stuff he did with like hellhammer uh, through to the early Celtic Frost, and then you've got the the later Celtic Frost stuff in Trypticon. It's just like he he's so diverse. He's got such a unique style and voice. Like the dude's a god. No, yeah, and it's crazy because it's crazy because he uh he not only like innovated black metal, but I, and not only gave it the aesthetic, but also he also gave birth to Funeral Doom. Um, and a few later on in his albums, he went really slow and really doomy and just got so yes. dark that a lot of like funeral dooms now pay tribute to him because of that. So he, he innovated like two genres in my opinion. So that's right. enough to say like, wow, you know? 
Yeah, and then like the, the Triptychon stuff that he did, like the last Cardiacross album and the Triptychon stuff, is like something else. Like no one else yeah. does that <clears> sound. Definitely. He's, like, he made something so unique with that. It's like, I guess the best way to describe it is like avant-garde death metal. Like, you know, it's like you can't even really like put it in a box. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's like just the, the atmosphere he creates, like the vocal style he does, the... It's just fucking awesome. <laughs> I I could talk about oh, Cardiac Frost and and Trepticon like all day. Like uh, those three. Well, I feel like much. we could just. I feel like we could just turn this whole podcast into a Celtic Frost memorial. Like, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, definitely. But uh, um, yeah. So obviously, um, you have that as an influence. Uh, who, who else kind of stands out as influence? You said Bathory, uh, Venom. Anyone else? Um, you know what? I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest. Um. I'm gonna have to say the real the real stuff that made me even want to like get going on black metal, um, as far as like playing and, and making music was, I want to say, uh, Satanic Warmaster because those guys, I mean, okay, Satanic Tyrant Werewolf. It's just for me, he's one of the riff gods. Like all of his riffs are just unbelievable, influential, and they definitely like helped me shape the style that I do for my music. Like, if it wasn't for him, honestly, I don't think I would have ever officially started playing black metal. The um, What did you think of that uh, the new album from last year? Oh, man. Um, so the artwork to start it off was amazing. Like, I, I love how he, like, still kept it true with the werewolf and, you know, the skulls and just a brutal, brutal. And he went colorful on this one. So that was really cool. That really got me by surprise because um, he's usually, like, with the whole black and white. But. The album, I feel like that album was something that the black metal scene needed because, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, back talk anybody, but I will say that it takes a lot these days to really stand out because everything's already been done. But what he did with that album, I feel like he just took it back to the roots, honestly. Like he got, you know, really primitive, nothing overproduced. The riffs were there, the drums were there, and the vocals were definitely there. And I've been watching a lot of his live videos and I'm just like, I'm like, finally, you know, finally, like we're, we're, we're going back to where it started. I think um, <clears throat> a lot of uh, black metal bands these days are kind of like trying to do the like, stripping, stripping back type thing. Um, yeah. Going back to the roots, like taking out the the progressive and frill elements. Um, like, I think a really good example of that was, I forgot what they called. Um Give me one second. Gra, Gra. Um, so do you know Gra? Oh, Gra, yeah, they're really good. I, I actually like them a lot. Yeah, did you hear the new album? I did. I did. Yeah. And... They 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 stripped it back. Like they they took out all of the symphonic stuff, all of the like uh catchy stuff, and they just made it like um just it was just based back to bare bone basics, and that album absolutely ruled. No, yeah, and you know that's what I'm saying though is that you know you don't have to have an overproduced album in order to reach fans. I feel like what this generation needs is a lot more primitive and just taking it back to basics. You know, like don't get me wrong, there is a lot of good studio bands that you know their sound is amazing, and you know maybe one day I'd like to put out a really produced album. But to me, the reason why I keep mine so simple is because all you really need is some good riffs, some good vocals, a good message. And I think you're straight, honestly. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I was literally saying this to someone last night. Uh, sometimes less is more like, uh, oh, you know what I mean? Definitely. It's like, sometimes yeah. you don't you, you, stuff that's stripped down to bare bone basics is like the stuff that I, I, I crave and I want to listen to. Definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that goes with like black metal. That goes with for me too. Like you know, I have a lot of roots in punk. Like I like yeah. Minor Threat. I love you know from Choice. I love stuff like that. And what you notice about it is not it's not produced at all. It's really like dirty, grimy, and and it sounds yeah. bad. But the fact yeah. is, is that they had the vocals, they had the message, and they had the riffs, and it was just like the energy. That's all people wanted, and that's what got the fans, and that's what you know made them live down in time. But that that like bad production is what makes like crust punk and uh grindcore and power violence and stuff is, is part of the whole aesthetic of the genre like you you, you can't have a highly produced album in that style no, no. no you can't 
it's like it'll take away the whole um essence of it in my opinion exactly <laughs> it sounds stupid like it, it would ruin it <laughs> yeah for sure um brendan i've been talking a lot did, did you have anything <laughs> you wanted to ask or say um oh of course um well so you're um doing this solo project um were you, you mentioned you were in a band before maybe playing shows yeah, so before Isatai, this is funny actually, because before Isatai, um, I am and was in a band called Cult of Odium, which was a three piece from right here in Los Angeles, California. And that project wow. consisted of uh, a really good drummer uh, by the name of Alex, also known as Chaos, uh, the singer, Lord of Terror, John. And um, we just got together, you know, made really primitive black metal. We played a bunch of shows around LA and then. Once COVID hit, it was like it was like a big hit for us because we we're like, oh, we can't play shows, we can't do this. So I decided, like, you know, I didn't want my creativity to end there. So then, you know, due to you know all the factors that played, Cult of Odium broke up for a while. So then that was my chance. I was like, there's no way I'm gonna not make music anymore because you know I just got started and I don't want to cut it off. So I just that's when Isatai started. So you could say honestly, Cult of Odium. I mean, Isatai is an extension of Cult of Odium. And that's and it turns out it ended up being a really, it ended up being a really you know, known band and you know getting out there, which I didn't expect honestly from where it started. But I'm really happy that yeah. it's been getting the back that it did. You no, know, honestly. Nice. <clears throat> and, um, where were you guys playing? Like a bunch of like bars and things like that. Yeah, a lot of local bars. It was uh, it was Bricks right there in downtown LA. And uh, where else was it? I, we played a. I don't remember the bars exactly. I just know that the the, the companies we we're working with was a uh, Hate War Production, and um, what was it out? Death Camps and just a bunch of uh, promoting promoting um, places like that, which was really cool. Nice, nice. Um, what was your uh, the first instrument that you learned how to play? Uh, the first instrument was uh, I'm gonna say guitar for sure. Guitar was always my my weapon of choice um ever since i was a kid um watching my grandpa play flamenco guitar when i was you know just right there in the living room yeah. i guess it just struck a nerve and once i you know picked up some strings it was the rest of history nice um when did you start learning to play other instruments what was that right, you got cut off <laughs> oh sorry i was gonna say uh, when did you start um learning to play other instruments uh well, let's see. Uh, bass was always a thing. Vocals, I always had trouble with vocals. And uh, let's see. Drums for me were always a very difficult aspect. And I'm going to say that I picked up an electric kit and I was like, okay, I know I suck at this, but I want to just try to make it the best I could. So it was a mix. The drums on all the albums were basically uh a mixture of electric drums and then uh, my friend helping me correct the program drums and achieve what i wanted <laughs> nice <clears throat> cool so you were um learning to play the drums and whatnot um how long were you uh, uh did that take you like that process you know it was it was a really long process but i decided i was like you know what I think I could just give my ideas to my homie who was like, you know, helping me program drums and, you know, make, make life a lot simpler because I have drum, I have jammed with a bunch of drummers all my life. Like, you know, all my life it's been, it's been, uh, I've been, I've been able to be blessed with jamming with really talented drummers. So I kind of have the rhythms and the beats in my head already. So I understood how things transitions worked and everything. So, you know, when I when I was jumping on drums and my friend was programming them, it was a really easy process because I already had visions of like what the drums were gonna sound like, what they were gonna be like on the albums. Nice, nice. So it was kind of like you were able to just get that done and make it sound the way you wanted. That's cool. Um, out of like what well, you said, your favorite instrument? No, your first instrument was your uh, guitar. What's your favorite uh, guitar? So I've had a, a a good amount of guitars in my life. Um, I have a bunch of BC Riches, Ibanez, um, Jackson, 
you know, ESPs. But honestly, currently, I'm, I'm jamming a, an ESP. I think it's the Black Metal series that came out where, like, they decided to just make everything black on it. But to me, the feeling, like, just, like, the neck, just the whole thing was really, just felt really comfortable, really clean. And, and the riffs just flowed on that. So I guess I could say that's, like, my favorite guitar right now. <laughs> nice. And did you use that on your um, recordings or...? Yeah, so on all the Isatai recordings, that that ESP uh, was well, was on the albums for sure. Nice. And then, um, if James and I were gonna come by and hang out, where are we gonna go eat some food? Oh man, uh, I got the spots though. <laughs> uh, let's see, where would we go? It depends. Are you guys into like? You know, Mexican food. Are you guys into oh, yeah. American food? It would all uh, depend on that. Everything except for like weird shit like eyes and stuff. You know, I'm not into that. <laughs> so I'm going to say, let's see, where are we going to eat? Okay, so I got the spot. So basically, it's a place called Tortas Chingonas. And this place, I don't know if you guys know, um, you guys are familiar with Tortas? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this, this, this place has like, basically... Just the tortas are loaded, like a lot of meat, a lot of cheese, a lot of beans, a lot of avocado. It's just just everything like good you want in a torta. And if you don't know what to eat, that's definitely the spot to go to because you'll be satisfied no matter what, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. It's going to blow up your gut. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You got any, uh, got any other questions, Brandon? Um, no, we're good. Sweet. Um, I was going to ask then. Uh, oh, by the way, you're muted again. Uh, it sounded like it was like a motorcycle or something outside his place. Let's give him a second. I get worried about that when the dogs oh, are barking. Okay. Those open. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You guys there? Yeah, yeah. We're here. No, no worries. Uh, I was just going to ask. Uh, like, obviously, you're you're in the LA underground scene. What are some bands that people should be checking out from from that scene? Uh, let's see. Uh, you said um underground underground bands that uh are are from the scene. Yeah. So obviously, like, like who who have you sort of like played with? Who who's good live? Like that you check out? Like a uh, you know some local stuff from LA. What's 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 good? Uh, I'm gonna say there's a band called uh, Wither Moon. Uh, I would say who else? Who else is standing out right now? see uh Wither moon there's draconian oracle a lot of homie bands um cultist profano is a really good one right now nice uh i think off the top of my head as far as local bands around here that's about it the the live scene is kind of like uh i want to say it's, it's dying out right now huh. and it's sad but because you know when i was younger the black metal scene was super big and there was so many good bands coming out right now and, um, you know, to see the way it is now, it's kind of sad. I'm like, you know, I really need think it needs a revival on, you know, the true spirit of black metal out here because it used to be there. But I guess a lot's changed over the years. So when I got back into it, it was just really different from what I remember. It's just, I mean, I've heard as well that a lot of the, the like um, classic underground venues in L.A. Have, have shut down since COVID, which is a massive shame. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, COVID had a big um played a big factor in that to be honest. Um it was uh it was really sad to see it was really sad to see, you know, shows shutting down, you know, people canceling, yeah. you know, just COVID really affected a lot of people, you know, and for me, like it it, it almost killed my spirit. So if it hadn't been for Isatai, like I probably would have just put down the guitar and just probably not touched it for a good while. Yeah, I, I uh we have a mutual friend in LA that's in a grindcore band and he said like oh. a lot of the places that they used to play like are just gone so he, he's actually doing a lot more um house house shows now oh, okay and that's uh, he's like well it's kind of shifted in that direction because the places that everyone used to play like all these like bars that did grindcore shows and stuff just gone from COVID so it's kind of they, wow. they, they have to go like to the house scene yeah so that's really cool, though. I mean, yeah, because that's where it has to come down to. It's just 
you know, taking it back to, to the to the primitive because, you know, it's all about the love and passion for the music. And, uh, you know, to be honest, like, that's that's where it's at, you know, and that's where it comes from and that's where the spirit is. So if you have that, that's all you need, really, you know, to be honest. So Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, like, those, those shows have, like, such good energy. Like, I've seen videos of him playing and stuff in uh, – uh, his name's Nicholas Turner, by the way. He, the, the band that he he had the the Grand Corbett's uh, Moldering Vibration, um, mm, yeah, and uh, great. <laughs> great band. And uh, yeah, he uh, I've seen videos of those shows, and it's just like there's so much crazy energy at those like underground grindcore shows. Yeah, um, that's what it is, though. That's what I'm telling you is that you know if you can appeal to the people in the most simplest form, you know that that's all that matters. That's all that matters, and that's what people want right now. People don't want big venues anymore. People just want to hear the music at its at its pr- most primitive and rawness, you know. Right, and I think like the whole thing with Ticketmaster, like all that bullshit that's going on um, with Live Nation, Ticketmaster, and all that stuff. Like, I think that's turning some some people off of the big bands and the big shows. Yeah, man. Like, I, I went uh, to go see uh, Fit for an Autopsy. And if I went through, like, if I didn't go, like, basically directly through the venue, it would have cost me almost double or triple the amount. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit, like, dude. You see on the website, it's like 45 bucks at the door or something like that. And then you're like, oh, or I could buy the same ticket for $90 or $130. And it's like, no way. Like, it's, exactly. It's insane. Like, it's, it's like half the ticket price. It's absolutely fucking bullshit and it's it's like a it's a scam it's like racketeering i i can't say enough negative things about what i think of Ticketmaster. um yeah screw those guys honestly they're literally destroying the music scene yeah yeah it's a lot it's a lot of the major the major companies right now that are really you know making it hard for people to really connect with the music honestly and you know, yeah. all people want to do out there right now is just go to shows and, and support. And, you know, with everything that's going on right now, I feel like it's only making it more challenging for people. So that's why people are reaching out to more of the underground because the underground is, is still, you know, human, human, human related, you know, human. It's, uh, right. itself. I, that's right, one of the exactly. main reasons why I ask about, like, where your favorite venues are and like places that you play, because it's like it's it's important you know like you know figure yeah. it out like maybe like yeah. people that are listening hopefully be like oh i'm in that area let's go check out this spot or this and that or like go support right. it later you know like yeah and, and like I, I have to give like praise where it's due ticket web is awesome like those dudes yeah ticket web i've never had a problem with them as far yeah. as like you know purchasing tickets and going to shows so i i will give it to them like for sure they deserve the credit because yeah a lot of those other major ticket places like are really trying to to burn yeah, people you. you know and really you know and so the that's, that's cool for ticket web yeah i mean ticket web is like what it's like four or five bucks or something i don't i don't care about paying that that's nothing like i totally fine with giving them that money yeah definitely um and for me, it's like, you know, there's still some ones out there that are, you know, keeping it true. But I feel like I feel like it's just media, you know, just media trying to take advantage of, of people's passion for the music. All right. Exactly. I did see. Um, oh, God. What's, what's the dude's name? Uh, the lead singer of The Cure. I try to think of his name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's actually giving back to the people. With yeah, what I saw too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he kind of like pushed ticket web into position where they had to give people a partial refund of their processing fees yeah and that's Good. cool that he did that because he he comes from a you see but the thing is is that it makes sense because he comes from the time where it was just about music you know and he right. comes from a time where he was playing these little bar shows little clubs like he he understands the human aspect of it and that's what's really cool about him because not only is he a great musician but he's also someone who understands, like, you know, this This is how it should be. You know, they, right. people shouldn't be taking advantage of it like that. Exactly. Um, Robert Smith is the name I was trying to think of. Yeah, Robert um, Smith. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good for him. Like, honestly, that's awesome that he did that. I would have done the same thing. Honestly, I would definitely do the same thing. Just get back. You know? Right. And, like, I'm not a fan, personally. Uh, my wife is a big fan. But, like, uh, the fact <clears> that Taylor, Taylor Swift actually, like, made a massive deal of, uh, going against 
their decision like their, their fees and processing fees and their algorithm and stuff like i think that's all like it, it's going to take those big artists uh saying something to actually change it you know like underground people have no no say they have no like sway over this type of thing um but if those big names like her that are selling out like stadiums nationwide actually like say something and do something about it, that's how you're going to get that real change oh for sure yeah it sucks because well that's what's good but it, it's rare you know when you get someone who's, who's really known but that can still you know reach down and, and appeal to you know a fan you know or fans in general right yeah, understand where they're coming from like uh, what, what exactly. people's pro- what people's problems are with with the system um exactly yeah and like uh, i know there's i mean i really hope that uh that that government uh investigation into like the monopoly that they have on the scene uh i hope that they i hope they get broken up like i, I want the company to get broken up so they, have, they don't have that control um i i agree i agree with that for sure yeah it's uh they have a complete monopoly it's a sad um, time it's a sad time <laughs> yeah it is and like uh I mean, there's a couple of companies that are kind of like that that just own everything. Um, it's like uh, Disney's so so bad for it. Like that company, like owns. Everything. Oh, for sure, for sure, they're one of the worst ones, actually. Yeah, for sure, and it's like they have that whole um, like family-friendly image and stuff, but then they uh, they just buy so everything, corrupt. absorb everything, and then pay their staff like absolute minimum wage for making them work like maximum hours. It's like. Yeah, it, it's like such a, a weird fake image of being like wholesome and family friendly and stuff, while just being an evil corporation. Yeah, and and it's and it's really corrupt. It's sad because you know you would think you know that as when they started, it was just to you know appeal to children, families, you know, and love and all that. But when it really comes down to it, it's just about money, and that's all they're trying to do. Right. Yeah, and I always wonder like what like uh, he what Walt Disney, if he was still alive, would think of what they've become. I mean, I think I think he went for a reason, you know, because he once the everything would have went corrupt, then that's for sure when he would have probably been booted off of his own company because he was another person who was very, you know, human like and you know, a lot of companies lose that as popularity is gained, just like bands. You know, bands forget to be humans, you know, they forget that they were fans at one point as well and they enjoyed the same things as well. Exactly, dude. That's that's a really, really good point. Like uh that 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 point where bands become um they lose self-awareness and, and they move past like uh the fan base and they they kind of become this thing where they're above uh like the people that actually support them and i, I hate that agreed yeah money money mm. money destroys a lot of things. money destroys a lot of uh, a lot of things that should be pure and it just corrupts it right exactly and uh like I always respected people that were big, but but kept it super real. Like Ronnie James Dio is like a prime example that always comes to mind. Like, oh man, the the dude was a legend. But yeah. like, um, have you seen that documentary that came out? Uh, I think it was earlier I this did. year, uh, last year. Dude, how good was that? I um, did. Awesome. Um, Honestly, I'm was... gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you guys straight out. Like, I don't. I don't want to sound like a like a pansy, but like, I I cried. I cried at the end of it. You know, I teared up a little bit. I, I teared up a little bit too. Honestly, I'll, I'll admit it. Yeah, that that was like that hit hard. When, that the last part where they're talking about his death and stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was everything. Honestly, it was his story, his upbringing. You know, it was just really. It was just really sad. It was just really. It showed you where he came from. It showed you how he went from like nothing to the god that he became. You know, right. and. That's that's the that was the beauty of it, you know. And like, I had no yeah. idea that he was like um, way before the like before Elf. He had all that uh, like classic uh, like what, what genre was it? Like crooner stuff, like uh, Tom Tom Jones type shit. <laughs> I did, I had no idea he did all that stuff. And like with this his early music when he was young, like the dude's got such range. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, and you know, like I said, it's. It's the legends. It's the legends that we need to learn from, you know, right. the ones that we need to really look back and be like, okay, if I'm going to do anything and I'm going to make it successful in anything, let me just take example from them because this generation can't really offer anything as far as knowledge or how to be a true, 
a, a true supporter, a true fan, a true musician, a true anything, a true creator, it all comes from the past, you know, for sure. Right. And like I brought him up because of the fact that like right through to when he died, he was the guy who would hang out with fans after the show and like talk to people and stuff. Definitely. Like, did you, do you remember that part from the documentary where the guys like he, he remembered like my dad was sick. After he, <laughs> met me at a, he met me at a concert like six years prior or some shit. Like that's that, that, one, that one hit that yeah. comment hit. Cause I was like, I know for sure. Cause for, with me, I know I will, I'll never be a God like deal, but whatever impact I can make on anybody on fans, because I do get a lot of fans reaching out. And a lot, one thing that's, that stuck out for me was, um, I'm going to see if I could find the comment. Give me a second. I, just, I just want you guys to hear this because this is probably oh, the most amazing, amazing comment I've ever received from a fan. And it just really motivated me to to be where I'm at and to keep going because I've almost tried to quit so many times. Okay, so here it goes. He says, it is a different feeling to ingest art that feels so, how should I say, potent and honest. I get that from your works. Never compromise your gift. What you do is amazing and may that wall of your creativity never run dry. You need not say thanks. Us, the fans, should be grateful to artists like yourself. It's people like you who give us the opportunity to be voyagers in worlds made of the most primordial sounds. And that's an experience I should always treasure. So after I, after I read that, I was just wow. like, yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm doing something right that's what i'm saying like when he that's said awesome, that man. i literally screenshotted it saved it and f- will forever hold that if i ever feel any kind of like discouragement or anything this guy and what's crazy is that this guy was from uh from cuba wow a cuban family that's awesome so not only like is it is it is it a great comment but it's a great comment that came from you know someone you would least expect somewhere you would least expect your music even reached Right, right. You know, it was just, yeah. So I just had to share that with you guys because I just, that's the best, honestly. That's I mean, cool. and I'm always, I'm always communicating with fans too. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. trip out. They're like, oh, you know, like, you know, that, that's crazy. That's really cool of you to, to still reach out to your fans to still you communicate. Should. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that's, that's something that any artist should because if it wasn't for the fans, you would be nothing. Right. No matter what, the fans are everything. My, so I mean, you, you know that I I do music PR obviously because I, I worked on the album that you put out, the Split. But like I think my my biggest piece of advice I I would give anyone who's in a band is um, engage, just engage. Like um, oh, yeah, like not just with fans, but like if someone takes the time to write a review of your album, share it and say oh, thank man. you. Yeah. Like dude, that shits me off. Like so, like obviously, like we review stuff on our website and stuff, like. When you have a band that's like a smaller band with like two or three hundred followers, and you write a review of their album and they don't share it or thank you, I'm like, like what? What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I mean, they don't care. I don't know. Yeah, some, that's funny know. that you bring that. That's funny that you bring that up because I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, go ahead. On Bandcamp, on Bandcamp, I swear, even if people purchase one song, I'm literally like, I will direct message them. And be that's like, awesome. thank you so much for your support. Thank you. I'm very honored to have your support. And I just always leave that. Even when people purchase stuff, I always throw in little extras, like little, little, you know, they, people will always ask me like, oh, you know, can you sign my album? I'll be like, you know what? The honor is mine. Because they try to say thank you. I'm like, no, like, thank you. Because if it wasn't for you, I don't even think I'd have any motivation to do this, honestly. Like, the fans are the only thing that motivate me right now. It's not listening to music. It's nothing. It's literally just the feedback and their support and they, when they share your stuff and when they buy your stuff, even when they give you a, 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 comp, a comment that way, for me, that's just everything. I, I, I always give back to the fans because I'm just truly, truly blessed to have supporters. That's awesome, man. I, 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 I like, uh, I applaud you for that because that's mm. the stuff that makes a huge difference. Definitely. Yeah. It's the human aspect. It's right. the human exactly. aspect. You got to keep it. Like podcasts like yourselves, like what you guys do, you know, a lot of people don't listen to podcasts or don't want to take the time, but I'm like, these people are literally so dedicated to music, to whatever they want to talk about, that they decided to take the time out of their days to do this in order to really give it the proper devotion and to reach out to people who share the same passions. And that's why I love doing interviews. Like when I got hit up with this interview from you guys, I was like, 
yes, right away. Like, I want to do this. I don't care who's going to interview me. I want to just speak to everybody. I want to talk and share my opinions with everybody and listen to everybody's opinion. Yeah, thank you, man. We, we appreciate oh, that. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we're, we're kind of coming up on time here. So I, I had a couple of uh, uh-huh. questions I wanted to ask before we ran out. Um, of course. What what, uh, what have you been listening to this year? Like what's stood out so far in 2023? Anything that uh, you, you want to recommend to people? Uh, that's a good, that's a very, very, very good question. Um, so this year, let's see. Or last um, year. Honestly, 2022 is like not that long ago. Anything from last year or this year. <laughs> um, okay, honestly, I'm going to be 100% real. I haven't been listening to anything new. Because, okay. like I said before, like, I don't want to put anybody down. But a lot of stuff that really holds spirit is the older albums, the older artists. And so what I have been listening to a lot lately is, uh, let's see. So I don't know if you've heard of a band called Enthroned. Oh, yeah. Uh, Black Metal mm-hmm. Band. Yeah. And yeah, so so their early albums, like their first three, I think, I want to say still hold so much, like, so much inspiration because it's so primitive you know them along with Gorgroth's older albums like you know yeah. Antichrist, um pentagram antichrist like they're those that's that's the stuff that still has the spirit you know and so i'll always be reaching back to older stuff um but lately like if you want to talk about right now i want to say uh what was it i was listening to slayer <laughs> show no nice. mercy hella waits albums <laughs> um also I was going back to, uh, what was it? I think Bathory's, was it? Bathory's Return, the the Return nice. album. Nice. So those 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 the atmospheres on that, I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to still capture that. I don't think I'll ever truly achieve it because these guys were like gods, you know. Like Paul Throne was an amazing musician. Uh, right. And then the way Slayer used to write, just you know, it's great. But yeah, so I want to say that. That's yeah. really one of the. I actually uh, went back to Slayer this week as well. Um, I, I went back and listened to the first like four albums. Um, this yeah, week. dude, you so, have to. Pay them yeah. tribute, keep them alive. <laughs> exactly, man. Like, I, they're one of those bands where, like, uh, uh, every couple of months or something, I'll just go back and listen to like the whole discography from the start right through to, um, oh, God, what's the album? Um, South of Heaven. Like, uh, that, oh, dude, that, yes. Yeah, yeah. That first album through to that is like perfection. Um, just yeah, because so they had all they had they had the, the the greats in there. They had Dave Lombardo, which is you know my all time favorite drummer. You know right. Jeff Hanman, you know rest in peace. And you know Kerry King back when he used to you know be able to write good riffs. No offense, but you know <laughs> yeah. my no, I agree, I agree. You know um, when 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 Tom Mariah used to be able to scream. <laughs> you know? Yeah, actually no, but I yeah, take that dude. I take that back. I, right through to Seasons in the Abyss is where it's perfection. Like uh true, true. Because I feel South yeah. of Heaven kind of was taking them more toward like it was too produced. South of Heaven was way too produced, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It had some amazing songs though. Like I'd love to have yes. heard it recorded yes. differently. Yes, the the songwriting was good, but I think what killed it for me was the production. If it had been just like Season in the Abyss, I would have definitely still. I think it would have sounded a lot better, to be right. honest. But. And I always felt yeah. like Christ Illusion was like a bit of a comeback album, like uh, kind of a return to form a little bit um, for them. But people would like shit on that album sometimes, but I actually thought it was decent. I mean, you know, to each his own, you know, honestly, whatever reaches you. It's just for me, like, I feel like I tuned out of Slayer after after that South of Heaven album. I just kind yeah. of just, like lost it. I like, no, 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 I get it completely. That, that's yeah. how I feel with Metallica after um, Justice oh, yeah. for <laughs> Justice after Justice for All, man. Like I, I, I don't give a shit about literally anything they did after Justice for All. Um, I tried listening to that new one they released this week, and I was like, dude, this is so goddamn boring. It's like, and then I literally yeah. just like I got like halfway through a song and I just stopped playing it. And I was like, I'm just gonna go back and listen to like Ride the Lightning or something. You know, like why why am I listening to this? Oh, dude, I, that's me all the time. Like, I'm always going back. Because, like, Ride the Lightning, Kill Em All, Master of Puppets, like, those, Great will, albums. those will never Great. be touched. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I think everything they did, right from the start through to uh, Justice for All, was solid as hell. I just, like, I, I have no idea what they were thinking with the bass on, on Justice for All, though. Yeah, no. The, <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. It was like, such a weird choice. Yeah. It really was. And I was just like, 
okay, I mean, I get it. You guys are trying to transition from the Cliff Burton era. Yeah. But, you know. You need some I nice stuff. You know, what, what, could, <laughs> what could you do? What could you do, yeah. really? Like, you just lost a great bass player. You right. still, you're still a big band, so you got to keep putting out. So I guess they just made the most, like, conscious decision they could, in my opinion. But, yeah, no, I understand where they're coming from. But, like, I've heard those um, people did those remasters online where they added the bass or up the bass, and it sounds fantastic. Yes, yes. And that's when you realize how important bass actually is. Like, I feel like bass Underrated. doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, I, it doesn't get enough credit because I will literally, like, write my music. And when I first started, you know, I, I, I was like, I was like, I've never written full bass parts. So, like, how do I do this? And I was like, maybe I can get away with not writing bass. So I tried right. it, like, on, like, two songs. And I would listen back to it. I'm like, man, it sounds so empty like this yeah, is ridiculous. completely yeah it's, it's yeah and uh, then you drop the bass on it and it's just like it just takes it to another level like you can't go without bass i'm sorry right I, anyone who's read like my reviews i i mentioned bass in almost every album uh review i write like I, you have to talk about bass bass is so goddamn important and like there are some mm -hmm. bands that show you how important bass is like uh primus les claypool that dude like isn't a different oh, fucking oh, level. Man. Um, oh yeah man <laughs> Yeah, and, and like that guy's uh, so talented. So he is, man. Talent. He is. Uh, he, he's like a he, he plays an instrument. He uh, trying to think what the instrument's called. He plays this instrument that like not many people on earth even play. Um, God, what's it called? He um, he played it on the South Park. Uh, the, the South Park had like a 30th or 20 something, uh, like uh. No, I think oh, it was the, the one the one with like the big knobs at the end where you bend them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. That was wild. And he was doing that and still holding down money, dude. I had no idea. I was like, yes. Like, whatever exactly. you're doing, bro, just keep it going. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the instrument's called. It, it's something uh oh Wamola. Wamola, that's what it's called. Wow, I've never heard of that instrument. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's like a super rare Brendan, have you have you heard it? Have you seen it? No, I'm actually just googled it and Wemola came up. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy, dude. It's like a, a it's like a giant uh bendy violin know, it's, just thing. a giant thing of uh strings that you use like a violin to like a a, a bow to play. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And it's got like a whammy it's like, bar. It's like, it's, like a, it's like an alien instrument, like it was sent down from somewhere else. Like it wasn't even It's a direct <laughs> descendant of the wash tub bass. Yeah, well, it's crazy. So it's in the bass family, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's just a he's just a bass god. Plays all bass. <laughs> um, so I don't know how true this is, but I did uh, read somewhere that he actually auditioned for Metallica. Um, I saw that. I saw that. I think it came out in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, was right. There. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, and some they kind like, of monster, said like, yeah, some kind of monster. That's where it was. And he, they were like, you're too talented. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're too talented. Like we, we don't. I mean, songs. bro, like, I that's mean, awesome. yeah. Cause it's like, if you throw less in there, what's going to end up happening? He's just going to everyone. everyone. Psychedelic thrash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I also, like, I wish <laughs> I, I want to hear it so badly. Like I, I, I want to hear I, what that would have yeah, said. Just, like. just say, just say, just say hear it. Cause you know, I mean, they gotta to give me, it a honestly, try. James Hetfield is a is a great musician, like for sure. He's one of my top favorite guitar players. But I feel like like he is Metallica. Like you can't you can't have Metallica without him. Right. But I feel right. like Les would have just gotten his riffs, played those, and then played his bass on top of that and just done everything. So it's like why even have anybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just him and James. <laughs> That's it, bro. That's all you need. <laughs> Get a yeah, drum machine instead of Lars, you know? Oh god damn. <laughs> yes, please. Uh anyone but Lars. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been Lars. <laughs> I uh, I, <laughs> I had a uh, Facebook. I saw, memory I'm sorry, I saw I saw I saw his shirt that said that, and it was funny because like, you know, it is funny. I I, uh, I had a Facebook memory come up like uh, a few weeks ago. That was uh, when I saw Metallica live for the first time. Um, mm -hmm. I posted a status, I guess, that said uh, Lars found his way to the drum kit on stage. It's off to a good start. <laughs> like, oh man <laughs> that's rough <laughs> uh, dude, that's funny that's, that's hilarious he sucks man like he, he like he holds them back so much and like I don't know I, I've seen people defend him and be like nah man like his style like works with the band I'm like 
it works in the band because it has to like anyone could replace that dude but uh yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're not here to talk shit <laughs> um I, i'm gonna we're over time so i'm gonna ask you two more questions um one is oh hang on we've lost you uh, there you go um so i have, I have two questions oh, left. Good, one, yes. one is um if you were trapped on a desert island and you had a oh, solar powered <laughs> discman and you could only have three cds to tide you over until you got rescued what would those albums be Bro, that's that's like honestly, I think the best question I've ever been asked on an interview. Um, thank you. So I'm gonna say, so we're gonna take so we're taking Show No Mercy for sure. You just can't. You got you gotta go with that. Uh, we're taking Show No Mercy. Um, I'm gonna take Deals Holy Diver for sure. Nice, you have to take nice. that too. Um, and then let's see, my third one, my third one, my third one. I think don't, don't feel gonna, it has to be metal. It doesn't have to be metal. Oh so no, I was gonna, I was gonna mm. say because like I, I already gave you my metal. I was trying to think of like my most unmetal album, but I'm gonna take it. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of a band called uh, Héroes de Silencio. It's like a no. Spanish rock band. No. So their their songs are really like new wave, dark wave influenced. Nice. Um. It's a yeah, and it's like Spanish Spanish rock, so it's really cool rock in Espanol. Um, and I'm gonna take their album. What album am I taking from that? Honestly, I'll probably take like their 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 first album to be honest, because they didn't really release much. So mm-hmm. I'll probably take the El Mar No Cesa. If you guys check that out at all, trust me, like it's. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so it's so inspirational, honestly. It's it's really cool how they just blend everything. <clears throat> can you uh, cool. can, can you send me that name um on Instagram? Oh yeah, after, for sure. I got this, you. Yeah. I want to look them up. Yeah, that either that one, non-metal wise, either that one, or I'm gonna go with um. I don't know if you ever you guys ever heard of the band The Cult. Oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so their electric album. I'm taking that. So it's either between that one and Edwards Silencio. So awesome. Yeah, great to have that like that mix in there because some people like just do like three heavy albums. Like, dude, you got to have something to. No, nah, you got to balance gotta it out. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you're gonna be out there, if you're gonna be out there, stranded. Yeah. I mean, I love I love metal. It could be forever. I, I Who have, knows? <laughs> exactly. I do have my emotional emotional side of my life, and metal definitely takes care of the aggression. But I need something that's gonna mellow me out. So I'm right. gonna go me with too, like man. what me I just too. gave you guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you gotta have something different. Like for me, like I mix it up all the time. So like, I'll, I'll do like a death metal album and, and then a black metal album, but then I'll do like uh, some folk music or like world music. Like you know, like oh, that's awesome! Hell yeah, like something. Yeah, yeah. I always think about out. like doing like a couple soundtracks or something, or like you get some kind of mix. Yeah, you gotta mix it up. Like a like a playlist, like a playlist. I remember back in the day when they had like when you would burn CDs, you could put like any song on there. Yeah, and I right, had my right. mixes. I had like oh, black metal mix, death metal mix, and then I'd be uh-huh. like, like all, all music, all music mix, and I would put like new wave stuff. I put some Spanish rock in there. I throw some like some blues, like just you know, chill stuff. You know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, um, so I meant to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this now. Um, uh-huh. we do like a mental health charity sample uh, every year oh, called Mind Over Metal. Oh, sweet, um, sweet. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you want to be on that? Uh, do you want to contribute a track to that? Oh hell yeah, dude! Please, I yeah. I support mental health so much. Like it, it's such a big it's such a big deal right now, and I feel like a lot of people need need help. So yes, for sure. Sweet, I'll talk to you about that after this. Um, but I was bringing it Sweet. up because um, like when Brendan and I do like the track listing, we always try mm-hmm. to get some like uh, as much variety in, in the way we line up the tracks as possible. So mm-hmm. we do like a heavy song, um. Like so, and then like a really long song that's like more atmospheric, and then something super punchy, aggressive, and then like a another bigger heavy song. Like you gotta have, yeah, you, know, you gotta have a variety. You gotta mix it up, break it up. Yeah, yeah, because us as humans, we're always feeling different ways. It's not like we're always feeling aggressive. We're always feeling mad. Like we also feel happiness and you know, right, sadness and stuff too. You know, so you have to have things that'll compensate for all that. Right, and like for me personally, I don't know about you guys, but like I'll take good atmosphere in a song over technicality any day of the week. Always, mm. always. Even yeah. even when you go back to listen to blues like Robert Johnson and stuff like that, like he wasn't even doing anything technical. It was literally a dude with an acoustic singing. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all he needs. Yes. Same with like a Howlin' Wolf. Like a that, that, oh, like, Howlin' Wolf. Like, yeah. Love him, dude. Amazing artist. Like, yeah. And it's so yes. it's so simple, but it's so goddamn good. 
Yeah, and I'm telling you, that's all you need. Like, even when you when you want to really put it into perspective, even Johnny Cash, if you've ever like listened to all of his music, like yep. it was always super simple, just strumming yeah. some chords. And right, voice, that's so good. That's it, dude. It'll just set the whole standard. That's it. It's over. It's the same with the Doors. Like the Doors is so basic, but it's, it's oh such my good God, music. Yes. yes, and look how yeah. long those songs have lived on. Yeah, they're they're it's like immortal. They're eternal. Timeless. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear yeah, that? Um, did you hear that uh, new song that they found last year? Uh, the new song yeah. that they found from who? The Doors. No, I didn't hear about this. They uh, they found like an old, uh, <clears throat> like uh, original, uh, like the original recording of like a song that had never been released. And uh, wow. they actually that, they and released it last you gotta, year. You got to send that to me too. You got to send that to me too because I did not hear that, but I would love to hear that. It's really good, dude. It's like super bluesy. Um, like fantastic and it's like it's just it's like a hidden gem that no one knew existed that's man awesome. that's really cool i love that they're doing that because i think i think there's a reason why they're doing stuff like that just like um i mean i know this is like so unmetal but i'm a big fan of lincoln park and when they found that that like um that lost song of theirs too right like it was right, really right, cool right. because it's like you know people need that that's what people people are looking for that that old spirit, you know, that's what it, that's what, that's why they're doing that. They're just, they're trying to discover if there was still more of the past that we don't know, because I feel like we need that. And I'm glad that they're doing that too. So that's really cool. What that door chart. Right. Also never apologize for liking Lincoln park. I like Lincoln park. <laughs> dude. Yeah. I mean, you know what, for me, like, you know, when I was a kid growing up back in the nineties, dude, I mean, the two thousands, it was just like my first heavy int- introduction to heavy music was, man, was, what um, was death tones, you know, limp, Limp Bizkit, Linkin yeah, Park, Horn, like it's just all that, bro. That whole era was just amazing. Exactly. Like I, I'm actually going to be writing an article at some point when I find the time about that exact thing. Uh, I, I, I want to oh, write a piece yes. basically about new metal and like why it gets shit on so much and like the weird attitude that metalheads have towards it. Um, because like it, it was just the whole thing. It was like a, the style, the the music, the aesthetic, yeah. like just everything, dude. Everything that was happening. Like for me, I, I say this on like every fucking podcast, but I love corn. I, I unapologetically, I love corn, dude. I, I think they're incredible. They are like great, great musicians, all of yeah. them. all of them. And what I respect the most about them is they never ever stuck to the same sound. Like every album no. is, is is different. They they were never scared of like bringing in other genres and never scared of like pushing the envelope, like trying different things. Like they did whatever they wanted to do, and they didn't give a shit what people thought. And I love that. Yeah, it was just. I was, I was scared. Yeah, I was just I was scared about their new album because, like I said, a lot of new albums that are coming out aren't really impressive. But honestly, Korn's last album it, it it blew me away. I cranked it at least I think three times a day, all week for sure. I need to revisit it because, like, I I listened to it once and I was like, eh. But I I think I need to like sit down and yeah, get you need to revisit go. it because it it's, it sits with you. Like, I think each song is a different day, so if you just like just dedicate some time and then just really get into that, like, they'll yeah. really. But it'll show you <laughs> right okay i'll give it another go like for me like everyone loves their first album like i don't get me wrong i absolutely love the first mm-hmm. album it's like a masterpiece but i love uh my favorite corn album is actually issues issues wow that's a really good one i remember issues had a it was funny that you bring that up they have a an, they had an art contest people submitting their artwork to uh to get uh to get on their album cover uh-huh. and it was this big old thing and I was I used to like to draw a lot and you know obviously my artwork wasn't that great but I was like I love porn I was like uh-huh. if I could even send them anything I was like I'm down so as a kid I sent them my artwork I never heard anything back but it's all good because I got to send yeah, it to my at least you did it man that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um all right awesome um so I'm gonna ask you one more question and then we're gonna wrap it up uh-huh. uh if people want to follow you on social media or listen to you and buy your music what are the <laughs> best places to do that I'm going to be honest and say Instagram is, is, is my big one. That's where I communicate with people the most. And if they want to just visit my Instagram and that's, that's, that's where to reach me. That's the spot. And another one would be Bandcamp. I'm not so, I mean, honestly, I'm not here to make money. Honestly, if people want to buy my stuff, I, 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 I'm honored. But honestly, for me, I just feel like if you want my complete disc- discography and you want to get, you want to hear stuff since the beginning, that's where to go. Uh, Bandcamp, and then third, um, a big one is uh, Metal Archives. Metal Archives doesn't lie; that thing has everything. That thing has everything you want to know. That's my Bible. When dude. we started, 
Yeah. Man, if you, yeah, exactly. So if you hear about anything, that's where to go. So if you go on my metal archives, everything since the beginning is there. Since the very first single, it's all there. <laughs> I actually don't know what I would do without metal archives, honestly. Like, I don't know I, what uh, anybody would do without it, honestly. It's like any band you find, it's like, okay, I need to know. I need, I want to know everything about this band, metal archives. Yeah. Yeah. If, if yeah. they shut down, I'd be like absolutely devastated. You know, like I, they'd find a way to buy it, figure yeah. it out. <laughs> They're essential, man. They like the scene needs them. I would raise money yeah. to keep them going. Yeah, <laughs> right. the, the only two websites I really use for that stuff is them and Sputnik Music. I've never heard of Sputnik. That's crazy. Oh, they're what great too, that? man. Like, because uh, like they're the, they're the best alternative for non-metal bands. Like, oh wow. You, okay. Well, need, I mean, like, yeah. Like, up. if you want to look up any band, yeah. Yeah, like uh, they they have like the discography. They have like what how you classify them genre wise. But they have reviews of the albums. Like it's very similar type thing. Yeah, honestly, um, I want to check that out because there is sometimes when I'm trying to reach music that isn't metal, and yeah. um, I want to know more about it, and I just don't know right. where to go. So I appreciate you telling me that. Um, and the best thing about them, like this, is a feature that you should definitely use if you check them out. Is um, they do like uh, top like rated lists, so you can look up yeah. like. Uh, a certain genre and you look up best albums by year what um, wow yeah. that's really yeah, sick. I, I, okay. I found so much good music that way man i i just go on like and check out like oh what's like top trending like top rated albums in like death metal what's black metal like they have everything though so like hip-hop like you know anything you want to do it's on there it's, it's a really cool way to find like shit you miss basically that's uh, kind of like a double-edged sword honestly because sometimes you want to know like what's the best but then you have to understand, like, you don't know where that best is coming from. You know, like, sometimes right. you got to really just get in there and be like, okay, I'm going to listen to Because I've done that, too. I go on YouTube, and I'm like, okay, you know, best black metal of 2023 or best death metal of 2023. And a lot of the bands I'll already know, and I'm just like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's the best, but I guess according to popular demand, yes, it is. So right. a lot of times I, it's hit or miss, but you're right, though, honestly. I uh I actually use it to find some of the classic death like you know how like OSDM old, old school death metal stuff in the eighties and nineties there's like some of those obscure one hit wonder bands that did like an incredible album and then disappeared. Um, true, I actually, true. I, I used I used that list. I I looked up like um death metal top albums all time, and I found uh-huh. so many good like albums I I had no idea existed that were on that list. And these were these were underground bands, not like not like stuff. Yeah, man. Like uh, it was a it was a mix. It was a mix. So it's like there's okay. like the bigger bands. On, it's like top rated of all time. So it's like you got the big name bands, but there's some like obscure one hit wonders on that list. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't hear this. And let's do it. Like this is and it's God, cool because if it wasn't for that, you would have never like added added right. that to your arsenal. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, That's cool. Though. Oh yeah. But yeah. Uh, we're, we're like way over time, but it's totally cool to be an awesome conversation. Um, so that's yeah. what I say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We appreciate you taking the time and, and talking to us. And uh, it was honestly great chatting with you. No, honestly, guys, I really appreciate this so much. And I'm very honored to have been on Cave Dweller. I even like made a flyer. I don't know if um, <laughs> you guys saw nice. that, but I was just so stoked for it because you guys have such a sick logo. And um, yeah, and um, I just want to throw some shout outs if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead, man. All right, so I want to give a shout out to the label that released my most recent full length, um, Adirondack Black Mass uh, Productions. I want to send a shout out to uh, this uh, Native American black metal band called Burnt Lodge, uh, Goyo Keatsley. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, who else are we out there with? Uh, mm, uh, yeah, so Koyo Keatsley and, and Burnt Lodge are really good um, black metal bands coming up right now. Um, I know everybody knows I'm mutilated tyrant, uh, Pan American Native Front for sure. Oh, they're awesome, dude! I love Pan American Native Front. Yes, like I didn't even know about them until like I I, I made it's a tie and they started following me, and I went on their page and I was just like, dude, where the where was this? Like, why didn't I come across this? What happened? Yeah. Like, where where did I you know where did I miss this at? You know. I um, um I actually reviewed the most recent full length for the uh, the day it came out. It's good. It's yeah, so it good. And it's crazy because these are just like some hardcore Navajo black metal dudes from Arizona, and I'm like, hell yeah, dude! Like, yeah, that's what, that's, what's what, called, that's um, where I'm at, you know. Little little tur- little turtles wall, right? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And you wouldn't expect that, right? You wouldn't expect this to be such a brutal album, but it is. And these guys have so yeah. much spirit, like. 
Yeah. So we did a, but, um, um, yeah, so we, actually, we actually did a native American theme week, uh, in, uh, last year on indigenous people's week. Um, mm-hmm. oh, cool. And, cool. and, uh, one of our writers reviewed their latest split as well, the one with, uh, Commodus. Uh, I think it's called like Immortal Ceremonies. That uh, I know again, awesome. Right. That's so sick. Hell yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so no, honestly though, honestly the, the pleasure is mine, guys. Thank you so much. And um please keep it up. Keep up these podcasts. People need to hear this stuff. People need to hear you guys. You guys are really cool dudes. You too, man. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. So everyone listening at home, thank you so much for tuning in and uh come back next week for another guest. <laughs>